could say to the community, if there was one month of the year that it would be very important for you to pay attention, uh, get involved, the month of May is the month. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local area, Franklin FM dial in the car at home, 102.9. Council meeting on Wednesday night, so this is Thursday morning, and we got a town council quarterbacking session with our council chair, Tom Mercer. Tom, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, Steve. Uh, Nice to be with you again. Yeah. Yeah, I think we started talking last week that after having a couple of weeks off, we're back into the rhythm. And I look out, we're, we're going to do this three weeks in a row due to the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, it just has having fun. It's all good no, stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And just, you know, we're, we get into the rhythm, if you will, and the routine. It becomes easier for us. And hopefully the listeners will get into that rhythm of as well and saying, oh, there must be a new one. This must be Wednesday. This must be Thursday, et cetera. So <laughs> for the new listeners, thank you for joining. For the regulars, you know what we're about to do. So just kind of quickly, you can tune on and do something and come back in about 30 seconds. <laughs> but for the new listeners, we're just focusing on last night's meeting and answering primarily two questions. Okay, what just happened? <laughs> and what does it really mean for us Franklin residents and taxpayers uh, based on whatever happened last night? So last night, we'll start with the two license transactions. Uh, effectively, one was a transfer of effectively ownership and managing of one license, and then the extension of another year or a renewal of another year license right. for the farmer's market for Bob Vizella and La Cantina. Yes. Uh, you know, these are things that uh, come up on a, on a regular basis. Uh, the first one being a transfer of uh, uh, wine and malt beverage package store license from Marlboro Food or doing business, uh, Path Patel as the manager and Marlboro Food Inc., uh, which is basically the 7-Eleven at uh, Union Street. So yeah. uh, it was a transfer of that license uh, with uh, Parth as the manager, and it was uh, approved by the council last night. The second one, as you stated, was uh, Bob Vizella, who comes in uh, pretty much an annual thing where they come in and uh, get an approval for a farmer's market license, which allows them to go to the farmer's market and, uh, you know, uh, sell some of the uh, the wine there because it's off premises. It requires this special license that we put in a few years ago when uh, the farmer's market started up. Uh, but it is an annual renewal that has to be done. So, uh Last night was uh, uh, Bob's uh, annual renewal, and it was unanimously approved by the uh, council. Yeah, as we talked before, and uh, the farmers market certainly is a happening event each Friday as they go from June through October, and with so much variety of you know Absolutely. foods and crafts, and Bob with the winery, there's the Franklin honey. I mean, they, there's I don't want to leave somebody out, but there's so much there 
um, it, it's just a nice piece to have that ad additional service. So you can get, you know, fresh vegetables, some bread and oh, a bottle of wine to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then on the legislation side, you only had one piece, which is relatively short, but we'll get into the reasons why in the next couple of items. But uh, one piece of legislation with some good news where Norfolk County has enabled us to get some more opera funds to use. Yes. Uh, and this, again, is that uh, uh, something that Franklin and, uh, you know, I give uh, uh, some accolades to our administrative team to uh, being ready to apply for these uh, additional ARPA funds. And basically what happens is uh, you have an X amount of time to use these up and occasionally uh, some people don't apply and there's uh, these additional funds. And if you have something ready, you can apply. And basically that's what we did. And we were awarded uh, some more of the uh, ARPA funds. So. Yeah, this is probably the last time around, but uh, uh, it's been very useful and very helpful for our community. Indeed. And I think one of the key points that I would add to that, and it we'll probably discuss, I think even Town Administrator Jamie Helen alluded to the fact he'll explain more in the uh, budget hearings that are coming up, but the use clearly was within the opera specifications, but it was also kind of one-time special project capital items. So there's no right. budgetary impact. We know media has been, you know, looking at, well, who's spending the money? I think Jamie even mentioned last night that Boston has exhausted their funds and yeah. people are starting to ask, well, what's next? Because apparently yeah. they may have used some of them operationally. So, you know, those yeah. are valid questions, but it, uh, for we're sure. not doing that. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, that's a really good point. And uh, it's something that uh, I give, again, our administrative team and the council, you know, for being aware that uh, these are one-time funds. So being used as capital pieces for capital projects, uh, it's not a reoccurring um, uh, piece of funding. So uh when we use them if we use them for one-time capital things we're not caught in the next year's budget cycle or the following years and by having to fund something that uh we had gotten federal or state money for in the past mm -hmm. so uh accolades to our administrative team and the council for uh being tuned in and using these funds as uh what I believe is in the best interest of certainly the community as we move forward. Yeah. Pennywise, not pound yeah. foolish, Pennywise <laughs> and, and pound wise as well. <laughs> right. Cause you know, people that, uh, or communities, uh, cities that use those funds as part of their operational budget, uh, you know, the next year comes and now you're cutting things. Uh, mm -hmm because you can't sustain it because there aren't those funds available the next right. year. And then you had a couple of presentations and the first one was an update. So for those who may have missed that there is this thing called open space and recreation plan update process in underway, um, Brekeli Goodlander came and presented the overview. She condensed uh, very quickly a whole lot of info 
She has been prolific in scheduling meetings, providing updates. I've been sharing that as well. So if somebody did miss <laughs> that there was something happening, they can certainly catch you know the gist of it from last late session. Uh, for sure, Steve. And uh, you know it was great to have uh, Brickley come in last night and give this presentation. And if for any of you who were there or were watching. Uh, the enthusiasm, the attention to detail, the presentation was just phenomenal. Uh, you know, she's been on board for about a year now and uh, is just doing a, a magnificent job and we're couldn't be happier with it. And as uh, you and I talked offline, uh, her attention to detail is, is something special because you don't always get that and certainly uh, don't always in some of the younger generation as they're mm -hmm. coming forward. So uh, it was really great to uh, uh, see the presentation. And, you know, just so people understand what what is open space, you know, open spaces, you know, uh, recreational areas, uh, you know, land that under special taxation programs and other non-protected private parcels. So, you know, we, we look at the two big, uh, uh, two big purchases over the last uh, mm. couple of years in Maple Hill and uh, Schmidt's farm, 200 acres into our open space uh, coffers, so to speak, uh, you know, Delcarts, uh, you know, in all of our, uh, all of our fields, uh, Daisy's Field, uh, King Street, and Fletcher, all, all of those are all part of these open, of the open space plan. And it's really open space and, uh, you know, recreation, uh, you know, indoor, outdoor facilities, parks, playgrounds, multi-use fields, mm -hmm. all of these things are all part of this uh, presentation. And uh, Brickley has a survey out there, and I think it's about to run out in the next day or two, uh, that's a reminder I'll we'll be sharing. She just posted it. It closes April 30th. So, yeah, don't let May Day come without having put in your say. <laughs> hey, absolutely. Please uh, go online and look. She's uh, She's got some great questions, and it just helps her uh, provide the data that helps us uh, make decisions as we move forward. What are we going to do with this open space? Uh, what are the ideas? What is the community looking for? These are opportunities for you, you as the community, to be heard. And uh, these surveys are, are great ways to have that happen. So please, if you haven't already, jump in, fill out, fill out the survey. It doesn't take but 15, 10 minutes to, uh, to get it done. So please move forward with that. And to add to that and reinforce that, uh, certainly the survey is the option. You can send her an email. You can participate in one of the focus group sessions. There's also a third public hearing coming in June, I believe, so that the yes. plan yeah. as currently drafted will also be available for review and comment. And then the entire piece will flow into the master plan and become, cool. that, become part of that process. So as much as it's time sensitive in terms of getting your voice in now, you'll have another opportunity once those plans start coming out and saying, well, wait a minute, I thought we were talking about this and that, and where, where is that in the plans as drafted? And 
that'll, that'll give us a good opportunity to, you know, check the plan before we go forward for sure. Right. Right. Cause they did, you know, they did have a public hearing in February. They had another one in April. And as you just alluded to, there is one upcoming in June. I'm not sure the date's been set. The actual date's been set yet, but uh, please uh, tune in and, uh, see when that is, and if you get the uh, have the opportunity to come and participate, uh, that's that would be great. So I know Brickalai would certainly uh, appreciate that. And uh, for those who may have missed it, I did two audio pieces with her. One, her intro, uh, albeit it was late, because yeah, I think she celebrated her one year anniversary earlier this week, and I mm -hmm. talked with her. I think in March. Um, yeah. But we had a great conversation. So there's a little bit more about her. And then we also invited her into my ongoing series with Ted McIntyre, Making Sense of Climate, and the wealth of info that she brought from how our conservation space, how we're, how our Franklin environment um, is part of the overall and what impacts the overall climate changes will have. She had one stat that kind of blew us away where you know, kind of the mucky, swampy areas you see them in in and around town, whether it's a beaver pond or Delcott, those actually can carbon capture like six to 800 times more than a tree. <laughs> it was like, really? Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. It, uh, it, it's unbelievable. Some of the things you, you learn when... Uh, people like Bricolai come in and give a presentation. You know, it's information that, you know, I know myself as a as a counselor, I haven't had the option to hear all of these things. Mm. And uh, having her come in last night and uh, give that presentation, it was pretty, uh, pretty impressive. So, yeah. Yeah. So in closing on this particular topic for the listeners, I'll include the note in the notes, the show notes, the links to the prior conversations with her into that making sense of climate one. So you don't have to go looking for it. You can, but I'll have the links ready for you. <laughs> and then moving into the other big discussion, which clearly was the start. And we'll move into, I think you're formalizing an ad hoc committee to do the discussion around the display of flags and what that means on town property. Exactly, Steve. Uh, and it's something that uh, has was brought to the council and some of uh, uh, a few of the council members brought it up under new business uh, a little bit ago. And we had a resident come forward looking to uh, fly the LGBTQ plus uh, uh, pride flag uh, at town hall. Uh, and, you know, we have a policy in place that doesn't allow that to happen. And they wanted us to, uh, take a look at that. So last night was the first piece of that, where we had a discussion about it. Uh, we felt strong the council felt strongly enough about it so that we should certainly have, uh, a discussion. So I put it on the agenda as a discussion item last night. And uh, I thought we had some very good conversation about it, the pros and cons, some of the concerns others have. 
uh, thought Councilor Comey Alleged did a very nice job in uh, putting his feelings forward, as well as uh, Councilor Hamblin, Councilor Frangelo, every one of every one of the counselors uh, had their thoughts, and uh, uh, it never never got uh, what I would call divisive or uh, uh, you know adversarial mm -hmm. uh, of any kind. It was just a really good discussion, and the community uh, piped in. Sure, we had half a dozen people on Zoom that, and we had a few people in the audience that right. uh, wanted to be heard. Uh, some for it, some not for it. Uh, some just want to see, you know, the American flag, the state flag, uh, and that's it. Uh, mm -hmm. And part of this is, and I know it was alluded to uh, last night, there was an article that just just so happened, uh, came out in the Globe uh, in the Sunday or Monday. I, I think it was Sunday, but anyway, uh, it was very well written article about communities facing these challenges as we move uh, as we move forward. And you know, the Supreme Court has uh, their piece of it, and it's it's kind of an all or none, and that's where it gets a little dicey, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, because I'm sure there are some flags out there that we probably don't want to see uh, uh, fly, flying on a, a town flagpole. So uh, I thought we had some great discussion, as I said. Uh, and after hearing the discussion, I suggested to the rest of the council that uh, this deserves some more discussion and some more community involvement from, uh, you know, both parts, uh, mm -hmm. whether it be for it or against it and why, so that both parts of the community understand the concerns of the others. and. So uh, we decided to put an ad hoc subcommittee together to uh, look at this moving forward. Now, you know, this really came up because they were looking to, uh, the LGBTQ plus group was looking to fly the flag uh, this June, right. uh, Ride Month. Yep. And, uh, you know, there's just not enough time to get uh, a thoughtful policy in place or whether we leave it alone or whether we change it. So uh, I thought our administrative team who met with the group, um, our DPW, uh, uh, police, uh, town administrator and so forth, met with the group and, you know, we do allow uh, banners on the common. Uh, so the suggestion was for this year, if they would, uh, if they would like, they could put a banner on the gazebo. Uh, they could put flags, uh, you know, little flags out on the common that we allow uh, any group to do. Um, so at least there was an option for them to have something this year over the next couple of months, I'm sure this ad hoc 
committee that uh, we'll put together will start to meet and start to review the concerns and uh, come back to the council with uh, a recommendation. So, yeah, and I think two points that I would reemphasize and help in this this point clearly government as we've talked here and elsewhere you know tends to move slowly and I think the moving the slowly in this case making the right choice the right decision the right policy um with the appropriate inputs I think is going to be the best way to go um we can see examples of it where sometimes you know like even the community requests to you know put additional handicap parking around the town common well, that didn't require that much more of a preparation. It was something fairly easy to do. Um, the suggestion to do the food trucks, that takes a little bit more time because now you get to balance the health and the legal and all those other aspects. And this clearly is in that case. Um, yeah. And then goes to reinforce that, oh, by the way, anybody can suggest. And oh, by the way, sometimes it takes a little bit longer to do, <laughs> but- <laughs> By being part of the process and having a civil discussion around it, we will get to a better place. In some of the comments that were coming up last night, they were actually coming up with pretty good solutions that some people hadn't thought of yet. It was like, absolutely okay. <laughs> that that's that's the plurality and the the synergy of the folks, the community coming up to make a good decision, good discussion. Exactly, and I just to uh, you know build on your on on your points the people uh the people that came on from zoom came on on zoom or came in uh from the audience had some absolutely great thoughts and ideas things that mm -hmm. geez, i hadn't thought of right. and to your point on you know government doesn't you know sometimes tends to be a little slow moving uh but on the issues like this, I think it's very important to get this right. Uh, and by getting it right, I mean, let's get out into the community. Let's hear what the, how the community feels. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when the, when the decisions finally come, whether, you know, are you going to be able to please everyone? Mm. Probably not. Uh, you're going to have some people that aren't as happy as others might be. Uh, but fortunately or unfortunately, that's kind of the nature of government. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to foster that art of compromise. Sometimes it's lost. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. And somewhere in there, I'm sure there's a compromise in there. Yeah. Uh, and the key is to get there and to get there if we can get there together uh you know i know you use this phrase all the time and and i use it all the time we are one franklin mm -hmm. so yeah. uh, uh we need to work together to solve the issues that the community has yeah and taking the time to uh Attorney Sorrell also noted that this was kind of an evolving set of law. It is not quite clear yet as to where the lines are. So yeah. that's part of the discussion. We need to consider those. And yeah, there may very well be this little niche, this little compromise area that will make most of us happy. And that's really the key. Exactly. And, you know, who knows, as Attorney Sorrell said, you know, this is an ongoing discussion legally, uh, mm -hmm. whether Supreme Court or uh, or state courts, uh, 
there could be legislation that comes down that takes it out of our hands. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but there's also could be legislation that puts it back in our hands. <laughs> so yeah, you know, we we need to determine what was said, what the lines were, and then can we do something different that still is, you know, to the letter of the law and the intent of the law. So yeah. Yes. More to come so, on that it, for sure. It was, yeah, it was a really good discussion. Uh, I was very happy with uh, with how it went and uh, the input that we got from the community. It, it was just uh, really good. Uh, hopefully it will continue and hopefully the people that have a passion uh, about this and uh, want to get involved, uh, stay tuned. Uh, we will publicize the ad hoc committee meetings and uh, you'll be able to continue to give your input to this group uh, who will eventually come back to the council with a recommendation. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then I think given that we're into kind of this weekly series, there's another council meeting next Wednesday, <laughs> May 3rd. And I think there's at least the teaser based on we were both participating in the capital subcommittee, capital budget subcommittee meeting on uh, prior to the council meeting. And that kind of second pass, if you will. So for newbies, we generally take the free cash allocated to capital, but put some reserve in case the winter is, you know, more and more, more winterish than normal. And whatever <laughs> we, left, we, we, we reallocate. And fortunately, we were able to reallocate most of what was put aside. So that that's coming back to the council for their their review next week. Exactly. Uh, uh, the Capital Subcommittee met and uh, Councillor Pellegri, who chairs that subcommittee, uh, gave a report last night. And as you said, you and I uh, both sat in on that Capital uh, Subcommittee meeting. And uh, you are 100% correct. This is money that uh, we put aside from free cash to uh, protect uh, in case we have uh, you know, uh, a very snowy or icy winter, mm. uh, because that can, in a winter storm chews up, uh, snow and ice money really, really quickly. So fortunately we did not need to, uh, use the money that we had put aside. So this is, uh, we commonly refer to as the second round of capital, uh, as you stated, and it's basically a second round because the monies were not used so that we could reallocate them back to capital, which is where we want want them uh, wanted them initially. So uh, those uh, expenditures that the uh, subcommittee approved to move forward to the council will come before the council at next week's meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, and just uh, uh, put a plug in for May is a very, very busy month. And if I could say to the community, if there was one month of the year that it would be very important for you to pay attention, uh, get involved, the month of May is the month uh, because it is budget month. And, uh, you know, the 9th, 10th, 11th, or 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th is the yeah, finance eighth, committee. 8th, 10th, uh, and 11th. Yeah. 8th, 10th, and 11th. Yep. So 
you know, the eighth being general business. Uh, I believe the tenth is uh, the schools. Yep. And, and uh, public safety on the eleventh. Uh, these are all these. The finance committee, as I think we talked about last week, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but I think it's important to just reiterate. They take a little deeper dive into the budgets than uh, we tend to at the uh, public hearing, the council's public hearing on the budget. So, uh, so I, it's really important and uh, to pay attention to those uh, finance committee meetings so that you hear how your tax dollars are being spent, why they're being spent. Um, then after uh, the finance committee, uh, a week to catch our breath, and then it's the public hearing on the budget, uh, on the town-wide budget on the 24th and 25th of uh, May. So mm -hmm. uh, exciting month. And uh, certainly, as I stated, if there was one month you want to really pay attention, this is the month. Uh, so that you can see and your input is welcome. So. Yep. Yeah, so to that end, uh, certainly reinforce the bud capital budgets, uh, excuse me, the capital budgets come in May 3rd. The finance committee budget hearings are the 8th, 10th, 11th. Uh, school committee meets on the 9th, so it's not a quiet week. <laughs> the school <laughs> committee is going to have a couple of nice decisions on to make on that one. Um <clears throat> So we'll meet next week again. So that's our third week. And then after the your budget hearings, the 24th and 25th, we'll do our town council quarterbacking session after the two hearings are together. So it, people it, can it, listen yeah. in. So you, you'll have a slight delay, but we'll get to the recap we get there. of what, what, <laughs> what it is. Yes. Yeah. Well, again, thank you for taking time to provide this recap. Um, and thank you to the listeners for participating. And yes, we'll certainly encourage you to uh, be aware, be involved between the open space. Uh, school committee's got a bunch of things going on. The budget season is here. That's what makes life happen here in Franklin is the budget. So, yeah. Thank you again for your time. And we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.